coming up on the season premiere of BYU football with Kalani Sitake. Game week is finally here as the Cougs get set for a season opener amid the lights of Las Vegas. And we've got the head coach and Lopa Leatawa to kick us off on the Sitake Show. This is BYU football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Well, hello. Good evening, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah, for another season of BYU football with Kalani Sitake. We're especially pleased to have fans back in the studio with us here in 2021. Yes, we are really glad that you're all here with us. We look forward to a fun hour of football with the coach. Let's get into the big news of the day as we bring in the head coach, the Cougars. Well, we'll, we'll wait that for just two seconds. We'll tell you first that we want you to enjoy uh, to join the conversation by submitting questions for Kalani on Twitter using hashtag Sitake Show. You can do the same on the Facebook and Instagram BYU TV sports accounts. All right, coming up on the season debut of the Sitake Show, we'll preview the return of Jaron Hall as BYU's starting quarterback two seasons since his last snaps. Jerem Jordan goes inside the film room with defensive end Tyler Batty. We'll go deep blue with defensive tackle Atunaisa Mahe. And in studio, Uriah Leatawa will join us. To get this season of shows on the road, we get to welcome back and say hello once again to the man starting his sixth season on the sidelines. And as of this afternoon, with a new contract extension, he is the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Sitake. Good to be back. It's great to have you back. Yeah, let's go. And thanks for breaking a little news for us this afternoon as well. What great timing. <laughs> we get to talk about uh, the fact that uh, the administration uh, has given you an extension through the year 2025. Uh, what does it mean to you to have that uh, uh, taken care of before you start another season on the sidelines? I'm just thankful to uh, the, the trust and the belief that the administration has in our, our team, our program, our boys, and uh, just really thankful that we have more time together and just... Uh, I don't want it to be a distraction. I just want to focus on, on the season and focus on this game this weekend. Um, but it, it, it feels good to have uh, the belief in our players and our program. What do you see? I mean, we're five years in. Uh, the contract would be you know, through 2025, so uh, another five years would be uh, under contract. What do you see this program doing over the next few seasons? I mean, I, I don't want to make any predictions other than we're just going to try to represent well, you know, and... and uh, I, I want our players to focus on what they get to represent their families and the mission of our, our church and our university. And, and I think they'll do, do a great job. Um, uh, I, I get to be around great disciples of Christ and it's made my life a lot better. And I mean, I, I get to be around wonderful fans. And so for me, selfishly, I just want to hang around and, 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 and uh, keep improving because being in this position as a head coach has made my life so rewarding for me and made me a better husband and a better father. And so uh, the more I can spend time here, the, the better it's been, been for my life. And I'm really thankful for this opportunity. Well, it's already a big week with the Arizona game. The timing puts it in a game week. Uh, it won't be a big topic, you know, for a few more days. But uh, still, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a feel-good story uh, in a really important week for you and the program. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm just excited that, you know, that we have the, the belief in our program and, and, and our players. And uh, other than that, I just want to move on and get, get to the 
I'm dropping hints to you, Greg. I, I got you. To, We're going to move on. I want, want to get to the season, and I, I, don't want, I don't want this to be a distraction. I just want it to be something that, that, that will give us a little bit of confidence, you know, but more than anything, I'm, we're just really focused on Arizona and focused on being in Vegas and being able to share the, the field with, with uh, you know, the fans. I mean, we've missed our fans so much. Our players are just really excited about this opportunity to play this weekend. We're going to get to that football game and, and talk BYU football. I do want to get to the, uh, the news story that BYU made a couple of weeks ago before we move on to that, uh, and that was the new initiative you guys had with, uh, with Built Bar. Let's uh, listen in to how that went down a couple weeks ago. Nick, at Built, we want you to be employee number one. Yeah. We want to pay for your tuition. This got covered pretty well at the time, uh, and the initiative is pretty well known now about how it's helping to take care of primarily the walk-ons in your program. But uh, what do you see it as, as being the long-term impact uh, for BYU football? Well, just taking care of the players. Uh, um, that's the, the main thing. I, I've, uh, I got to play around um, with, with, I got to play on teams with great walk-ons from before, and my time here being under Lavelle. And, um, you know, we try to run a program where you can't tell whether someone's a walk-on or a scholarship player. And, um, but that can only go so far. These young men um, take on so much debt, and they sacrifice so much to play on our football team. And so uh, I think whatever we can do and be creative and innovative and find ways to make um, the rules work in our favor. And in this, in this case, it's something that um, our scholarship players are so elated and happy that uh, we can take care of, of the guys that, that uh, sacrifice the most and so it, you can tell that um, the, scho the scholarship players are the ones that 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 celebrated the most knowing that how, how hard it is on, on the walk-ons and um, just really thankful that I get to coach great young men. Probably gratifying too the way that uh, national observers kind of latched on to the approach BYU took with this right? Yeah and I, I think it's just uh, while everyone's doing these deals for themselves it's nice to have uh, a room full of boys that, that care about each other and, and want to take care of the, the, the least of them, meaning the guys that, that need need the work. And that's the need, need the, the money. And that, that is so hopefully they can get more than that. You know, um, um, that's the goal is to try to, you know, relieve them of any stress and, and financial stress that, they, that may come their way. But um, in the meantime, we just want to show them how much we appreciate them. And it's it goes along with the gospel and what we follow with with this this uh, the mission of our church and, and of, our, of our university. So we want to make sure that we uh, represent well in, in, in every area. And that, that means taking care of those guys. All right, to some football. And on this uh, first show of the season, we don't have to ask you who your starting quarterback is going to be like it's some big secret because it already got announced last week. Uh, and it came after a competitive uh, three-way battle during camp. It did. And, and Jaron um, did an amazing job uh, all camp. But... Uh, I've said it before that, that Baylor and, and Jacob did a great job performing as well. I feel really comfortable having three guys that, that I, I know can help you know, lead this team to victory. It, it's nice to have that comfort. And so I don't want to use them all, by the way. Just, just uh, It'd be nice to be able to have somebody that, that can uh, you know, sustain it and, and keep healthy. But uh, it's nice to have a room that, where you can just count on the depth and uh, I still feel good about the other guys that are in the room as well. And uh, I, I think my goal as the head coach is to make sure that we always have quarterbacks that can play and can help us win. I think we have Aaron Roderick uh, chatting a bit about the uh, QB decision. 
this isn't my decision. This was decided on the field by their play. And Jaron deserves this opportunity. Still believe in those other guys, but I'm really excited to see Jaron play against Arizona. Uh, he took really good care of the ball. That was that was an important part of fall camp. Was Jaron had the fewest turnovers and um, and the most explosive plays. And those are two very important things for a quarterback. All right, that's your OC and quarterbacks coach Aaron Roderick on the new starting quarterback Jaron Hall. When you go back and look at Jaron's two starts in 2019. Uh, what jumps off the screen? Well, I mean, the things that he did in camp as well is, is his athleticism. And I think um, just having that year of learning uh, last year has been really helpful for him. And uh, seeing the emergence of, of what Zach Wilson was able to do really helped that whole entire room. And so I, there's a certain standard that, that Zach placed in that, in that quarterback room. And uh, it's nice to see those three guys raise their level of play. Um, you know, obviously only one of them can, can play and get the spot, and that, that was uh, well-deserved and earned by Jaron. But it, it felt good going into fall camp, out of fall camp, knowing that we have some really good players there. Now, in, in fall camp, you play football. It's real football. Pads are on, helmets are on. But it's protective football, too. You don't necessarily get to see all that a guy like Jaron Hall would do in a game. Is there an element of that, too, that we've, he was good, but he can be even better when he's going, you know, in, in essence you know, full speed with trying to make a play and move a chain, for example. Yeah, and we, I mean, not a lot of teams hit their quarterback, right. you know, in, in fall camp. And and so when, when a D lineman's near him and says that he would have had him for a sack, you just, you kind of have to make a judgment call. And so that's not a, not the role that I want to do. So I make Ed Lamb do it <laughs> so that I can be in a positive light, you know, and, and agree with whoever's complaining. But uh, more than anything, the, the, uh, just having the guys um, be able to just focus on doing the, the, the basically their job, you know, and, and, and I think he can, he has the ability to create uh, with his legs. Zach did the same thing, you know, and, and I think we have, uh, I, I think a lot of people don't realize that Baylor and Jacob have the same ability to move and very athletic with their legs. And so we need quarterbacks that can create time with their legs, but in practice, we don't need to bank on that as, as part of the strategy. Besides the naming of a starting quarterback, if you had to pick another storyline from camp that you saw emerge, what would it might what might it be? Oh, I think I, I like the running back room as well. So you know, I think they, there are a lot of guys that stepped up and uh, proven proved themselves, and a lot of them coming back from injury. So I think maybe the storyline is not maybe that not just the running back room, but it's good to see a lot of guys come back from injury um, and and uh, be able to contribute and participate. And that's that's something that's going to really help our team as far as leadership and experience. Having those guys be back and healthy and ready to roll, it's, it's added to our, our team chemistry and, and obviously going to make our town a lot better. Now that you've run, I guess, uh, six of these training camps at BYU, do you feel like you've gotten to a pretty good place and how you like to see these things done? Yeah, I think you know, we've been able to um, kind of work the system to whatever we need. And so in this case, need to play more 11 on 11 football, even though some of it was a little bit more of a touch situation. You say that, but when it comes down to O-line, D-line, it's all live, you know, so those guys are, are physical, and we did a lot of that this year, and um, I, I think it should help out with, with, with uh, the O-line, D-line up front, but, uh, you know, we were able to have some opportunities to tackle and do some things as well, but I like the, the concept of us playing a lot more 11-on-11 football this year. I think that was something that really helped our team and helped these guys really emerge as leaders and, and, and playmakers. All right, there's your training camp recap. And that takes us back for another season of our weekly feature, bringing you the players' perspectives on the plays they make. With an assist from our own Jerem Jordan, this week Tyler Batty takes us inside the film room.
Brian Tyler, thanks for joining me in the film room, getting ready for Arizona. Uh, thanks for joining me, man. Absolutely. Okay, 6'5", 265 from Payson, and you're a freshman. Everybody's Correct. like the same year. Right, this yeah, year. COVID year. COVID year, right? Mm -hmm. You played in four games. You got married a couple months ago. You got an NLI deal. You started a nonprofit. Busy yeah. offseason, right? Yeah, very busy offseason, for sure. It's been fun. And marriage? Yes, and I got married. Yeah. That What's your wife's name? Elena. Elena. Yep. So married married Elena a couple months ago and so wedding planning mixed in with the rest of that. Yeah, it was it was really busy, but it was fun. Let's flash back to Louisiana Tech. You have three sacks in this game. Yeah. Almost four. We'll we'll check it out. Let's check out the first sack and walk me through what you saw in this. So just in a wide, wide three-man front. Just been kind of playing with this tackle. You just get a feel for uh, some offensive linemen, how they set, how they move. And he wasn't, he wasn't the fastest at deep setting. I thought I could uh, take a shot around the outside. Quarterback stepped back and ended up tripping him up, so. Okay, you took it easy on the quarterback for one play after this. And then the next play, you sacked him again for your second sack. <laughs> yeah, so here we are again over on this side now. Pre-snap here, just read the tackle, pass sets pushing it, see the quarterback step up, and he was right there, so how could I not? We uh, we love it when a quarterback does this. Tackle set's pretty wide, opens that B gap up, you can see here, and uh, just crushing it, and yeah, he stepped right into it, so. A quarterback is reading a ton pre-snap. How much is a defensive end like yourself reading pre-snap? A bit as well. I mean, you're looking at, you're looking at down and distance, you're looking at formation, um, also looking at demeanor of guys on the O-line. Is there a tell for some guys as tackles? There's there's a lot of tells. Pass uh, run? Yeah, just, just depending on personnel, uh, who they have in the game. I mean, right here, you can tell he has that right foot dropped pretty far. To me, that kind of keys and says, okay, he's looking to set backwards. He's looking to set vertical. At this point, do you realize, oh, that's my third sack? Because no. a multi-sack day is incredible, let alone three, man. No, I didn't know if this was counted as a sack. I actually kind of forgot about it uh, during the game. Um, it wasn't until post-game someone was like, you had three sacks? And I was like, three? I only, I only specifically remember two, you know, that were, you know, pretty evident. This one was just kind of last minute. He's trying to scramble and we ended up bringing him down, me and Zoe there, so. Okay, and then you almost have a fourth. I mean, you are almost in a four-sack game. That is crazy. <laughs> this is a quarterback hurry. Oh yeah, deep set. Wide, again, take the outside there. Slip there, I mean, man, had I been able to plant instead of slipping right there, yeah, he would have He would have been dead in the pocket. He would have been He would have been dead in the water. And I love your effort here. <laughs> get back up, trip hey, him. Yeah, just, you know, scramble. I mean, he's trying to scramble, so am I trying to get after him, so. Okay, well, that was an incredible game. You end up uh, kind of hurting your ankle later and didn't play as much, playing the four games, but the idea of what you can do in a full season is very exciting. How you feeling? I feel great. Uh, it's exciting to yeah, have another full season ahead of us and uh, to be healthy and, and ready to rock and roll. What are you seeing from Arizona that has your attention? I think they're going to try to be tricky. I mean, they already announced that they're going to use two quarterbacks against us um, just with the, with the staff that they've gotten in. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what they do, but uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see, see what happens and see what they actually try to pull on us on the field and, and uh, see if we can't shut them down. Well, Tyler, it should be fun, man. Uh, best of luck. Hopefully you get another three-sack day this year. Hey, we're going to do our best. So Thanks, brother. Hey, thanks, Jeremy. All right, Colin, we, we basically only got a sneak peek of Tyler, really. Are you excited for a full season of this guy? Oh, yeah, and he, he's been uh, he's made so much more improvement from last year to now. So I, I really, I'm really excited. He's one of the guys that mentioned that are healthy now. So, you know, looking forward to seeing him 
make some plays. What kind of defines him? How do you characterize him? He's a tough kid from Payson, you know, so he's got that cowboy mentality and, and uh, you know, he, he's a rough kid, so he's, he's, he knows how to handle pain and, and if he's hurt, then you know something's wrong. But, uh, you know, he, he, I think a lot of people don't understand he's got a lot of leadership qualities to him too. And, and uh, when you put all that, all that in a big body like that, it should work out for you. All right. Uh, last year at this time, BYU's football schedule is literally still taking shape. Uh, thankfully, in 2021, we have a little more definition and some better competition, as it turned out by the names on the schedule. You're going to see seven P5 programs appear on the slate here in 2021. Uh, Kalani, as you look at this and go through this, realizing that you'll only ever really focus and talk about one game in a particular week, uh, as good as the job Tom did last year to put a schedule together, he's done an equally good job at giving you a schedule that uh, has a lot of marquee value to it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And we're looking forward to the matchups. And, you know, I, I don't have to worry about the other games on the schedule because everyone else tells me about it. But uh, we're, we're, we're focused on Arizona. That's, that's We've been that way for, you know, since the schedule came out and been that way since spring ball. So that's that's our focus right now is being trying to get one, one and all. Do you have a little deja vu going on knowing that your first game as the head coach at BYU was against Arizona? Yeah, and, and in a, an, an NFL venue, so this is going to be kind. Of, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, you know we have a lot of fans show up like that last time we played them. But uh, I, I'm more focused on trying to get our guys to perform at their best. Man, it's going to be a lot of fun. I just, I'm really excited. I asked for a show of hands before the show, and I would say more than half of the folks in the building here with us in the studio are going to the game in Vegas on Saturday. Well, let's go. Yeah, I, I saw that. There's a lot of tickets. So, I mean, I mean let's, let's rock the house. Let's have some fun. And by show of applause, who's going to Vegas this Saturday? You too, <laughs> Indeed. All right, for your day-to-day -day Cougar sports play-by-play, -play, watch BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan weekdays, noon Eastern, on BYU TV and BYU Radio. When we come back, a look ahead at Saturday's season opener with Arizona. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. BYU football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU athletics, and by Smith's, fresh for everyone. We're back with more BYU football with Kalani Sitake, and here's your game day broadcast schedule for this Saturday. Cougar pregame live on the radio, two hours before kick. Also, two hours before kick, countdown to, countdown to kickoff right here on BYU TV. The game on ESPN and BYU Radio. And then afterwards, postgame coverage on both BYU TV and BYU Radio. There it is. Well, Saturday in Las Vegas it is. The first college game to be played in the new home of the Las Vegas Raiders, Allegiant Stadium. It's the kickoff classic between BYU and Arizona. Third time you've opened a season against the Wildcats. Uh, the first game you had in 2016 as head coach was against Arizona. Down Glendale won that one. And then you also won the next one in, uh, in 2018. So these Arizona openers have gone well to this point for BYU. Yeah, let's hope, hope the trend continues. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm just, more than anything, after COVID and pandemic and having empty um, stadiums last year, just looking forward to a, a packed house and, uh, you know, having the fans there and just generating instead of having, you know, you take for granted a lot of the little things like the band and, um, you know, just the dancers, all that stuff, and just fans having fun and, and the smell of popcorn and all that stuff. So looking forward to all that, getting back to normal. Remember how your first game ended? 
against Arizona back in 2016? Yeah, I remember a young freshman kicking the field goal with some green shoes on. Yeah. <laughs> that was Jake Oldroyd back in uh, 2016 when he was a freshman. And here, five years later, he's a sophomore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And time's been good to us. Yeah. <laughs> Time standing still for Jake and for BYU. Uh, all right, uh, Arizona coming into this game uh, on a 12-game losing streak. Uh, it's, it's one of the reasons they have a new coaching staff. Uh, things did not end well uh, for the Wildcats last year in a short season. But new staff, a new approach, and, yeah, they want to get rid of that 12 uh, when it comes to that losing streak. Uh, what, what do you expect from Coach Jed Fish and, and the new group of, of Coaches and, and players, a lot of new players too. Well, he, he's he's assembled a really good coaching staff and, and with a lot of experience, um, a lot of different uh, teams, programs that they've been in, also the NFL, he has that that background. And so uh, we've done our homework and, and, and seen all the different things that they could throw at us. And we're trying to prep for it all because we don't know exactly what they're going to do on offense and defense and special teams. So we're really just going to have to figure it out when we get to the game a little bit. but. Right now, we're trying to predict it and trying to take time and, and trying to see what they might put out there on the field with the talent that they have. But they do have a lot of talent, and um, you know, Jed Fisher, he's a he's a good coach, so he'll get those guys uh, energized and then ready to go. We, we need to have our energy up too, and and let's just go out there and have a lot of fun, see what happens. Almost a two calendar years since the Wildcats' last win. One of the coaches he brings in is a guy named Don Brown. Comes with a nickname. You know what his nickname is? Yeah, Dr. Blitz. Yeah, so um, we'll see what happens. We'll see how we can handle the doctor. <laughs> uh, they've also announced, too, that they plan, at least for now, to, to play both uh, Gunnar Cruz and Will Plummer, so they plan to play two uh, quarterbacks open the season. Yeah, and that, that poses some problems on trying to predict how they're going to use them. Uh, you know, so we'll, we'll just see. I, I, I feel comfortable in what we have with, with our squad and, and you know, I think sooner or later you're going to have to just play football and see what happens. And I think what we can bank on is the fundamentals of the game, uh, playing physical, playing tough with sportsmanship, but also uh, being able to tackle, being able to block, being able to catch the ball, using things like leverage and body position in our favor. Uh, so we, it's been because of the newness to everything, we've been able to focus on the fundamentals of the game, and hopefully that will be an advantage for us. Drastically different outcomes for these two programs last year. They played only five games, lost them all. You played 12 games and won all but one. And so a really different vibe from the BYU and the Arizona sides coming into this one. Uh, can, it be an can it be considered an advantage already based on how these two teams performed even just last year? Well, I don't know. I, I mean, they, even though they only played five games, they returned a lot of the, the, the production and a lot of the those guys have this, you know, the, that amount of, a, of experience with another year in between to get ready. So, um, with a new energy, bring with a new coaching staff. I think I think they're going to have a lot of uh, exciting things going on. Um, we we lost some production, but we also have a bunch of new guys that we feel comfortable with and the depth of our team. So we'll see what the matchup, what what happens. But I, I'm I'm just really excited that we get to play this game and just really looking forward to the matchup. I, I know they'll bring their best, and we need to make sure that our, show, our our best shows up as well. When you were the new coach with the new coordinators in your first year in 2016 in an opener, what do you remember being the biggest challenges that probably Arizona's coaches are now thinking about in their first game? Well, I think it's just the, the um, communication and being able to work cohesively as a unit, and, and uh, whether that's from the field to the to the booth and, and, and vice versa. I mean, that's, that's always something that you have to worry about. And so for us, having... 
um, a lot of you know the same guys, same yeah. bodies around. That's that's been a, a benefit for us, and we've been fortunate to keep most of our staff together. I mean, obviously we lost two guys, but um, you know one of the guys that we hired has been around for for a little bit, and the other guy in Daryl Funk has fit in perfectly with our line. So uh, I, I think it's uh, yeah, I've been really pleased with the leadership from Elisa Tuyaki and from Aaron Roderick and. And from Ed Lamb, so I look forward to seeing what, what we can do. Yeah, and technically, while A-Rod is a new OC, he was already deeply involved in the direction that offense had been taking already. Yeah, and, and, and A-Rod and, and um, Fessy were heavily involved with, with the offense and, and, and um, getting that thing set up. So uh, I know they, they had a great connection with Zach, and I, I see a lot of the similarities with their connection with the, the quarterbacks that are on the team currently. All right, break time. Mondays at 1 Eastern, we talk with the BYU football coordinators on Coordinator's Corner with Aaron Roderick, Elisa Tuiaki, and Ed Lamb. It's also on demand on the BYU TV app. Look for that on Mondays, late morning, mountain time. After this break, we'll check in on our Cougars and the pros, and the coach takes your questions from social media. This is BYU Football with Kalani Kitake. Football with Kalani Zitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. Time for our first edition of Cougars in the NFL. And there are so many former Cougars in the NFL right now, but we're going to look tonight just uh, at this matchup coming up on opening weekend when they get to it. And that'll be uh, Zach Wilson with the Jets and Brady Christensen with uh, the Carolina Panthers. So Cougars going head to head in this case, not exactly on the field at the same time, but that's a game featuring two BYU guys. And there are so many other games we could pick that have BYU players. Man, there are a lot of guys in the league right now. And today was cut down day. And, and uh, Dax Milne, seventh round pick, second to last pick overall. You know, sometimes those guys don't make the team, but he did. And, uh, and that was in a deep wide receiver room too, there in Washington. Yeah, and they did a great job. And, and you know, just really happy for those guys that live in their dream. And um, just uh, thankful for the, the time that they play, they spent here and played for us here at BYU. And I know that they, they've mentioned it to me and when we've texted and talked back and forth about how much support they get from BYU fans. And so just want to thank all the Cougar Nation for being out there and supporting them at, at their teams. And I, I know there's, if there weren't a lot of New York Jets fans before, they are now because of our, our fan base. And uh, just our players are really thankful for that. Did you kind of know that Zach Wilson was capable of pulling off what he did do, which is during OTAs and training camp, show people that he's about as NFL-ready as a rookie could be expected to be at this point. Yeah, and I, I mean, I just didn't want to be the guy that's always said, I told you so, because he's got a lot of things to prove still. Um, but he works hard. He works really hard, and he loves football. Um, and there's, I mean, I, I'm glad that he was able to do that here at BYU because I see Jaron and, and Baylor and Jacob and the rest of the group following. I mean, everybody's kind of, he helped raise the, the level of preparation here. And, you know, I'm, I'm a Lavelle Edwards guy, so preparation was something that he was really big on. And it's it's obviously working out for him, you know. And you see some of the things that he's doing. When you take a guy that has talent like he has, but you combine that with the work ethic and the high character, I mean, I, th I think the sky's the limit for him, especially in the NFL. We didn't get to see a ton of Tyson Williams at BYU. What we saw we really liked, obviously. He finds himself sticking with the team in Baltimore, sticking around, sticking around. Injury happens, he's suddenly the number two guy and uh, had, had a great training camp as well with Baltimore. Yeah, the, the NFL is kind of like the, dang it, what could have happened? What could have been if, if Tyson didn't get hurt or if all these guys came back? You know, this is one of those moments. But 
I'm just really happy that those guys are out there living their dream and having fun and, and making a living out, out of playing the game that they love since they were kids. What's the, what's the benefit to the program? Let's just say it that way. With as many guys in the NFL as we have right now, including high draft picks and the number two overall guy and Zach Wilson, what kind of maybe ancillary you know, benefit could that be to BYU moving forward? Well, I think we, we're committed to trying to get guys in the league. I, I've said it before. You've heard me say it many times that I think the NFL needs more BYU guys in, in, in that league. And so um, we're, there's a commitment from our program to make that happen. I've, we've talked to many scouts that have come through our program. They see the measurables of our, on our guys, and, and, and they're really intrigued and interested in our players. We just need to give them opportunity to go make plays. And so we can recruit and develop and get the right guys here and, and they, they can have the, the, that type of experience here at BYU with a wonderful fan base and a great education and then and still get it to the NFL. So that ha, being able to do that, it's been that way for decades before as well. So uh, I think it's just right, right for us to get that back on track. Right on. Let's go to social media now. Twitter for some questions for Coach Sitake. We'll go to our first question coming in. It involves uh, new additions to your coaching staff. Uh, the question is, uh, what have Coach Funk and Coach Clune brought to the table to enhance the staff from last year? Well, I think both those guys have tons of experience. You, you look at the places that Coach Funk has been and, and the background that he has. I mean, he, he for the older people that would know, he's a Sonny Lubick guy from Colorado State. Um, he's coached a lot of different places and, and places like Michigan and coached some high caliber athletes. And so I, he loves his, his uh, O-line room. Uh, the, the talent that he has in there and the, the guys that he can develop. And I'm really excited about his coaching style. I think the players have really uh, been drawn to it and they love they love him. I mean, you talk to the old linemen, they love working for him. And he's a high demand guy, but uh, they know that he cares about him and, and that he loves him. And Coach Clune brings a lot of experience as well. He's been a coordinator before and, and, and on the defensive side and Funk's been a coordinator as well. So having those those guys that that have tons of experience but have the humility to, to just work as a position coach and, and work really well with the coordinators that they work under, it's a, it's a huge benefit for our program. Okay, second question. Uh, which player that Cougar Nation may not know yet is going to become a household name? I don't know. I, I hate <laughs> predicting uh, that, but I, I think there's a lot of guys that, that if you think of the guys that, that didn't get to play because of injury last year, I think that... that should be the guys that come to mind, and I, they, everyone has our depth chart out there. So if there's someone that isn't that you probably aren't too familiar with, and those are probably a great candidate to be a guy that that will make a name for themselves. Can I bring up one guy then, maybe that kind of had a bit of a cameo last year as a punt returner, and maybe took on a bigger role as camp went along this year? Former baseball player at BYU called Hobbs Nyberg. Yeah, and and legacy kid, you know. So he's he 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 loves BYU, and and to have him on our team. I mean, it's a huge benefit. He's got this great attitude and work ethic that matches what our guys are doing, and he just loves the program so much. And I know that he, he gave up a lot to play to, to play football. He gave up a baseball scholarship, and, and um, the guys are really thankful that he's on the team. And I'm thankful that he's making big-time plays. And he, I mean, he's still young, so he's got a lot more years, a lot more catches to make. Right on. So you didn't want to name somebody, so I threw one at you. And you yeah, yeah, thanks for doing that. <laughs> so Hobbs owes you a lot. Yeah, there you go. Uh, next question. How confident are you with the direction of the program now as compared to when you took the job back in 2016? Well, I mean, I, I, obviously I've, had, I've learned a lot of things. I mean, I, that was my first time being a head coach, and so I'm not – it's not like I'm, I'm, I'm open to learning and um, had some, some tough lessons to learn along the way, and, and hopefully I keep, keep getting better. You know, I, I'm – 
uh, I'm always open to try to get better. And, and if you ask my wife, she'll tell you that. So I, I'm trying to improve as much as I can. And I'm trying to look at different ways to, to improve my, my role as a head coach. And, but I really believe in collaborating with the players and the coaching staff and making the program be about the people more than anything. And uh, uh, it's not, I'm, I'm honestly just lucky to be here. I just, I love my role and I love to be able to lean on people. Um, and then I love just collaborating with people. I love hanging out with people. You know, you know that, that's like the big, I feel like I get the best benefit being able to hang out with the fans. And my goal is still hug, to hug every fan out there. And so um, COVID has put a, a wrinkle in that, but I, you know, hopefully we can get back to it soon. Get back to hugging. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd love to do that. Okay. <laughs> well, the, uh, the 2020 BYU football season was indeed unprecedented and unforgettable as the Cougs overcame adversity to thrive where some other teams stumbled. Saturday at 7.30 Eastern, we'll take a look back at the amazing journey for BYU football during the 2020 campaign. That season was fun. Um, it, it showed how much we love football. Um, our culture, especially here at BYU, especially with Kalani, is like, it doesn't matter what happens. We're playing. We're going to have fun doing it. We're going to love it. And that's just something that uh, our coach was pushing. And I think the love and the brotherhood and the success that they had in that unprecedented challenge means that 2020 can legitimately be called the most impactful, the most memorable, and probably the greatest football season in BYU history. All right, after that special show on Saturday, be sure to stick around for Countdown to Kickoff as Dave, Blaine, and David, and along with Jerem, get ready for BYU in Arizona. That'll be at 8.30 Eastern on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. Coming up next, we'll hear from, I guess you say half of BYU starting front four as we go deep blue with Atanai Samahe. Then Uriah Leatawa joins us in studio. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. It's a clear sign of trouble when the cruise pops a muscle. The evil going down, breaking ground. With Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU Athletics. And by Cascade Collision Repair, serious about perfection. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Well, last season, Atunai Samahe was in line for a prominent role on the defensive line, but he was unexpectedly sidelined. Here's his story with some 2020 hindsight in our latest edition of Deep Blue, presented by Brady Industries, Simply Better. That was what we, that's what we usually do. It's uh, just pretty much the same. Sing out. Being a healthy 22-year-old and Receiving a blood clot, you know, that doesn't happen. That doesn't just happen to every 22-year-old. Uh, but it did happen to me. And essentially, you know, I'm just grateful for it. It's really showed me to be even more resilient, be even more hungry, and uh, to be even more faithful. It's really heightened me in all aspects of my life. So, you know, I had blood clot, but I'm grateful. We had nothing. We're a very poor family coming up in a humble home. The only thing that we have is love. 
And so when Naisa was born into this earth in his special own circumstance and situation, my mom and dad wanted Naisa to have everything. They didn't want him to not miss out on anything any other kid has. So I, I'm originally adopted by my grandparents. So it's my grandparents' daughter who had me, who was my mom. And she originally had me at 19, and my grandparents wanted my mom to sort of, you know, get back on her feet and kind of uh, find her life for herself. So they, they, they decided to take me under their care. You know, it's not easy. That's hard. So I was worried for nine kids. And I say to myself, I sacrificed my life for the rest of my kids and my grandkids. In uh, elementary, when he started playing football, we would always go to his games and we would always wonder why when someone's running toward Naisa, he'll just like lightly tap or he wouldn't even like go full on and tackle. And so my dad one day was asking him, son, why on the field? Like, I, I see you hold back. What? Why do you hold back? It's because of my mom. She was very gentle. My dad was a very gentle giant. And I always like looked up to him, followed in his footsteps. So knowing that I have to hit other people, I was just kind of hesitant because I didn't want to hurt anyone. So when my dad and my mom explained to him, you're not going to hurt anybody, you have the gear on. If you're playing to have fun and you learn and you increase your talent, if this is your talent, you're going to have to give it all you can. So that just uh, motivated me to be more competitive. And... Nice, I eventually started tackling, as you can see. <laughs> and down he goes. There is the pressure. Love is sacked for the first time in the ball game. It is Mahe. Essentially, it was just a normal workout day for me. Um, until I, we started running and I just started for my arm go numb. Just all the news that we ended up getting, I mean, the, he didn't make it through the workout, then he was in the emergency room, then it was like, this could possibly happen, this could possibly happen. There's so many things that were scary about, about the moment. I go to, you know, finish up an essay. I'm sitting there trying to type. All I could do is just repeat the same word. I just be writing and, 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 and the, and the. So I felt really lightheaded, started to go up, so I went upstairs and tried to get a drink of water, and that's when my body just kind of sort of shut down. The whole left side of my body went numb, my tongue started to go numb, and I couldn't speak. The only word I could say was uh, hospital, and I, I'm glad I got to say it loud enough for people to hear it downstairs, so that's when my roommate came, took me to the hospital, and... It was more like, hoping that he was going to be okay and healthy than, than being able to play, you know? Like, football was the last thing on our minds, and I'm sure the last thing on his mind. As soon as they came out saying that I could potentially have a blood clot in my brain, um, immediately a lot of questions came to my head, like, what does this mean? Or, like, how did this happen? They are just able to sit me down and tell me, like, you know, there might be a possible possibility that you won't be able to play football anymore. But when I find it out, that's all I do, fast and break. And we go into the hospital. And we feel, we feel okay. When we look at him and he said, I'm okay. And I said, are you sure? This make me feel good. So after being diagnosed with uh, venous thrombosis and figuring out that I wouldn't be able to 
do anything, play football, lift, or work out. They just told me to go home. I mean, sometimes they say a curse is disguised as a blessing. We didn't know that my dad's health would go down so fast. And just within that time that Nysa was down because of his blood clot, he was actually opened an opportunity to be here and to be front row and center. And he would stay up all night with my dad. And I'm like, Nysa, have you got any rest yet? He's like, yeah, sis, don't worry about me. And he says, you know what? This is actually a good opportunity. I've been talking with dad a lot, you know, getting close, getting his time that because of school, he wasn't able to be here as much. I think that was my dad's happiest moments was being able to be with his son for the last time. Up until the day that he passed, Nysa was right there by his side. When you look on the, the brighter side of things that I mean, such a young kid, great athlete, and then he gets his blood clot, and um, it, it threatens his life, but also threatens his future, and the thing that he loves, football. But for him to look on a brighter side of things, to say, well, this allowed me to be home more, be around my family, and to have some moments to remember, that's why he's someone everyone should cheer for. Forest Park is essentially where my dad is. My whole family, we go there often. And it, it, not to take away from it being a cemetery, but we're always there having a good time. All the kids are just running around, you know, sitting around my dad and also just, just having fun. Sometimes we play rugby over there. I don't know if we're supposed to, but I'm pretty sure my dad likes that, so. It's a second home for my family. I don't know how to explain the loss of him. But you know what? He wiped my tears. You know, having the father gave me the opportunity to be there with my family, to be there with my dad. But as soon as my dad had passed away, we're going through that process of trying to figure out what's going on with my head still. Uh, essentially, like a couple weeks later, they said that it was fully gone. So that really showed me that, you know, it was really meant to be. For me to be home with him and to spend time with him, I felt like it was just part of the plan. You know, one of the things that these deep blue features uh, does is when we get to see these players on game day or hear their names called on game day, we have a deeper understanding of, uh, of who these people really are. And Masa, uh, Nysa is a great example of somebody that's gone through a lot to be able to be in a position to make Cougar fans happy on game day. Yep, and uh, just can't wait to see him play. So I think he's, uh, yeah, I, I said it that I think uh, Everybody should cheer for him. I'm glad that you guys did that piece on him. So um, he's playing for a lot more than others. So I can't wait to see him out there on the field this Saturday. Yeah, it'll be extra special, right? It will. All right. Well, his BYU playing career began five years ago as a rookie out of Compton, California. And after a redshirt season followed by four seasons on the, de on the defensive front, Uriah Lopa Leatawa is back for a fifth playing season and he's now targeted for a substantial role on the D-line. Please welcome in tonight, Uriah Leatawa. Well, thanks for coming in. 
Thanks for having me. Well, first up, let's get this one out of the way. Uh, we, we use equally Uriah and Lopa with you. Uh, and you answer to both names because they're both your names. Yes, that's <laughs> correct. Uh, Lopa's my middle name, and everyone just calls me Lopa. So it just flows better, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> what do you call them more? I, I just want to make sure that everybody understands that Lopa has a certified beard card from BYU. So oh, yeah, that's just right. Just to make sure that we can explain <laughs> that one. Look at that. stubble going. Look at that. Little stubble. But, uh, yeah, I, we call him Lopa. I just love having this guy on our team and, and um, you know, just... He's, he's always a, a guy that can pick you up and, and um, just love his energy. And, and it's, been, it's been an honor for me to coach him. I'm not sure how much you got to see of it. We just finished watching a feature on uh, Nisa, Nisa Mahe. Yeah. Uh, let's start with that. Uh, what's it like to play with, uh, play with Nisa? I love Nisa so much, man. I love his family, Mama Mahe. We love you so much. I don't know where the camera's at, but like, <laughs> we love you so much, Mama Mahe. Honestly, like, Nisa was my roommate when he first got here. And we actually, me and Lorenzo actually visited Nisa when he had the blood clot in his brain. So, like, the fact that he's playing again is like a miracle. And he's destroying it. I was going to say, how good has he been since he's been back? Oh, he's killing it. It's so hard to block him. And, like, he's so strong. <laughs> We've been working out together, like, this whole offseason. And he, like, warms up with, like, four plates, you know? Like, <laughs> and, like, I'm just like, oh, yeah, take, like, four plates off for me, and I'll, <laughs> then I'll get warm. So, yeah. So he's football strong and weight room strong. Oh, both, yes, for sure. And he, like, comes in a smaller package, so it packs more of a punch. <laughs> <laughs> a little more dense. Yeah, a little more dense, way yeah. more dense. I love that stuff, man. Uh, I mentioned Compton. Uh, tell yeah. us about uh, growing up, where you grew up. Uh, I grew up in Compton, California, on the south side. Uh, my parents still live there. It's, it's dope. I like it a lot, you know? Uh, I don't know, like, I grew up there, so I didn't know anything else different. Uh, I served the mission, and uh, actually the first, like, group of, like, Balangis that I met were uh, here in Utah. So it was a different culture here in Utah, and I, I like it a lot. So it's different, for sure. So you guys came in around the same time, Kalani, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I remember Lopa when he was, you know, the whole recruiting thing for him, and, and BYU is a place that he really wanted to be. I, I know that a lot of schools came after him, and uh, I recruit that school, Dominguez, where he's from. I recruited a lot went at another school that I was at, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I wasn't able to get him, but I'm actually thankful for losing that one. And now <laughs> I, I gained him here, so uh, Lopa's been, it's been such a, such a pleasure to have on the team, and his connection to the players, I mean, it, Whenever he's done with his coach, with his football career, he can come into coaching and he'll be a perfect fit. Let's uh, let's go to the video to uh, hear Lopa talking a little <laughs> bit about the defense and how they're kind of reacting to what's going on out there these days. We're excited to show people what we got, man. It's gonna be dope. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think people. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm excited. Our our defensive line is super excited. You know, we're not we're not we're not like you know Amish people. We we read the internet and stuff sometimes. Our D line gets really insulted by some of this stuff, bro. Like, I think all of us are just itching to get at it, bro. And so um, we're ready. Ah, <laughs> uh <-huh>. cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You guys recorded that. I didn't yeah. think you guys would. <laughs> so what kind of things are motiv motivating you these days? Um, I guess Amish people. Nah. No. <laughs> <laughs> nah, uh, I think, personally speaking, for our defensive line, we know that Kyrus and Zach Daw and Bracken has left, and everyone's all like, oh, wow, they're gone. What's going to happen now with our defensive line? But um, I can speak as like one of the guys, we're ready to show the guys what we got, especially the entire Cougar Nation that our D-line's not gonna skip a beat. 
Um, good luck to all our guys in NFL, but I think we're pretty solid here. So. And it feels like, too, there's strength in numbers on the D-line. There's a lot of you. Yes, there is a lot of It's a big of room, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Can I give a couple shout-outs? Yeah, do uh, it. <laughs> all right. So everyone knows about Batty. Everyone knows about Lorenzo. But I want to give a shout-out to my guys like Earl, Toyota Manor. He is a baller. People do not realize how good he is. He's been plagued by injuries. Uh, Gumby, we call him Gumby, but his name is Gabe Summers. Great player, man. He's a killer, too. Haas is a killer. I love our D-line. Our D-line group is going gonna, is gonna to shock a lot of people, right? Yeah, I just, my whole thing is nobody believes in you, Lapa. Just tell the boys nobody believes in you. Yeah, we're ready so. for that. We yeah, believe we, in ourselves, that's yeah. for sure. We'll see so. what happens, though. Right? Let's go. Let's see what happens. Let's go. All right, Las Vegas, uh, NFL venue, kind of open, you know, the real opening weekend of college football. All the lights on BYU late at night. How are you feeling about Saturday? Ready to go, man. Let's go. Let's, I'm tired of talking about it. Let's just play some football, man. <laughs> we just want to get at it. I'm excited to see all the people out there, especially how sold out it is. It's going to be a great game. It's going to be an amazing game. The atmosphere is going to be great. I think a lot of our young guys are not used to having a lot of people because of COVID last year. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be a fun game. I think everyone's just ready to get at it. Well, Lopa, thanks for making us part of your day and uh, brightening up our show tonight. It's awesome <laughs> to have you in. Thanks for having me. All right, that's Lopa Leatawa. As we go to break, here's a trivia question presented by Cascade Collision. What is BYU's record in the city of Las Vegas all time? We'll tell you after our break. Stay with us. <laughs> Welcome back, Eric. Tonight's trivia question presented by Cascade Collision. What is BYU's record in the city of Las Vegas? The answer is 13 and 4. One of the losses was to Arizona. There was one to Cal, one to Utah, one to UNLV, which of course is in Las Vegas. All right, to Vegas we go on Saturday. Kalani, we're almost there. We're still early in the week, but it feels like after all this training camp, we're so close now. Uh, nothing beats the season opener. Yeah, I mean, I, I love doing the show. That means the game's right around the corner. So uh, just, just really excited for it. I, I know the boys are, are excited. We had a, we had a tough physical camp and um, it's, it's going to be fun to, to go against somebody else. I think the guys are sick of going against each other so it's going to be a lot of fun. Alright, it'll be Saturday night at 8.30 Mountain Time. Kalani, thank you. Lopa, once again, thank you. We'll talk to you next Tuesday, 8.30 Eastern for Lopa and Coach Kalani Sitake. I'm Greg Grubel. This has been our season premiere of BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Go Cougs! You named your son Steve, Jimmer, and Lavelle. 1984 is a place of joy to you, not a dystopian book. Your blood runs blue despite what science says. You're BYU, and we get you. Because we give it our all to ensure the Cougs can too, be it injury prevention, rehabilitation, or orthopedic surgery. And we do the same for you. Intermountain Utah Valley Hospital, official medical provider for BYU athletics. Learn more at intermountainsportsmed.org. What makes one head of lettuce better than another? What makes a grape greater? At Smith's, we take scrutinizing freshness to a whole new level. We're only the best of the best of the best will do. We're seriously serious about what goes on our shelves, so only the freshest makes the grade. That means not every leafy green leaves the field. Not every cauliflower makes the cut. So if we've got it at Smith's, you can bet your bananas that it's not just fresh, it's fresher than fresh. Smith's fresh for everyone. Hi, I'm Ned Siegfried. It's great to see the Cougars back in action. 
We all know that football is a team sport, and no matter how talented a single player may be, he will not be successful unless he's surrounded by a strong team. The same is true if you've been injured in an accident. Trying to go up against the insurance company's team of adjusters and attorneys on your own will not likely result in a win. At Siegfried Jensen, we can provide the teamwork you need on your case. Contact us at SiegfriedJensen.com to learn more. Go Cougs!